You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, wasn't it great to see those seven people be baptized today? Really, really great. You know, baptisms never get old as far as I'm concerned. I could watch baptisms every day. I love seeing people commit their life to Jesus and then be dunked under. Not that I like seeing people get dunked, but you know, it's just really, really great to see what God is doing in people's lives. And um, I'm really pleased to say that today I'm going to be talking a little bit into water baptism. Now, I'll come to that in a second, but it's also been really great to do baptisms in the Allen Higgs Center. You may remember that the reason we moved there was because of the pandemic. Seems like a long time ago now because they had a lot of good safety things in place, which meant we could do it with social distancing. And we've continued to use it there. It's been amazing. And you know, it's even been a great opportunity when we've been going there in the week to reach out to people. Some of the staff have been coming up to us and asking us, oh, what is this? Go, oh, it's a baptism service. You know, it's really random. Sometimes you get someone coming out of the pool. We're then getting ready to go in the pool. And they stick around. It's just really random. They're there in their trunks. And they get their phone out and they start filming. And I'm like, they're like, what is this? I go, it's a baptism service. Goes, this is amazing. I'm like, okay. You can get changed if you want to, though, when you can watch. But it's just really interesting to see people stop and pause and ask us how, well, what is happening in that space. But I'm also really pleased to say that we are now going to be bringing baptisms back into the building. Yes. And we're going to start very soon. Next next month in April, in a month's time, we're going to do a special baptism service about 5 p.m., like an afternoon service, a special service, and everyone's welcome to come, and we're going to give people the opportunity to sign up for that. So I'm really looking forward to that. And with that in mind, we also realized Now, whilst I've been running for a long time now, Baptism Explained sessions, aside from the sermon, we realized we've never actually taught into baptism from the front. And we thought it'd be a great opportunity now today to do that in case there are some people here who want to get baptized. So today, that's what I'm going to be talking a little bit about today. So maybe you're here today and you've never been baptized in water. Well, this is definitely for you. We really want you to take note of some of the things that we talk about today. Or maybe you have been baptized and you're thinking, well, this doesn't apply to me. Can I ask you, please don't leave the room. Please stay, because isn't it great to be reminded about some of these things? Even when we did them maybe a long time ago. Also, you may not have even understood why you did get baptized. And maybe I can fill in some gaps for you today. You never know. Maybe you don't actually know if you were baptized. Well, I'm going to, again, try and clarify some things, and then maybe we can work out together whether you did. Might sound a bit weird, but you know, let's just see how it, how it goes. You know, I always think it's really important to be reminded. Anyway, the title of my message today is, it's up on the screen, Water Baptism, The Difference That Jesus Makes. You know, before we go into the actual um, key ideas around baptism and what it means, um, I really want to just make it very clear that when we talk about water baptism, it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. It's all about what he has done for us. And it expresses who we are now in him and what he has done for us because he makes the difference, amen? He makes the difference in our lives. You know, I don't know if you ever thought about that people or things that make a difference, you know? You know, when the clocks go forward, it makes a difference, yeah? 
When you think about people who have made a difference in the world today, you could quote me probably many people. You know, if you were talking about sports men or women, you could say, you know, Serena Williams is a great example of someone who has changed the game of tennis. Um, if you were talking about basketball, there's a debate on, but most people would say Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. Would anyone agree with that? I don't know if we've got basketball fans in the room, but people would say that. And what I, I came to know about Michael Jordan, I'm, I kind of like basketball. I'm not too much of, of a big fan, but I, was ve- I knew who he was, yeah? And what became very clear is that when Michael Jordan was on the court, he made a difference to the Chicago Bulls team. You know, even before when Michael Jordan came on the scene, the Chicago, Chicago Bulls as a brand was not really anywhere. But when he came into the team, he elevated them to a new level. And everyone knew it. And they said that whenever he came onto the court, whenever he came onto the Chicago Bulls' side, the Bulls knew they had a chance to win even though they were losing. Even though that things looked bleak, they always had a chance to win. And you know, in this game or race of life that we call it, which is very varied, which can come with many different challenges, many different struggles, My point today is simply going to be this. When it comes to life and living it to the full, it's Jesus who makes the difference. Yeah. You know, he's the lamb, but he's also the goat. Do you get what I mean? He's the greatest of all time. There is no one that changes or makes a difference like Jesus. And I think it's really important that we have that in our minds when we think about baptisms. You know, I loved hearing all those testimonies that we heard today about how Jesus was making a difference in people's lives. I love Jasmine's testimony. You know, wasn't it really brave of her to go into detail about how Jesus had impacted her life and how he had made a difference? Because that's what he does. I don't know if you caught Lukman and Reza's testimony. Both of them coming from Muslim backgrounds, but then recently have made a decision to say Jesus is their Lord and Savior. Wow. Isn't that an amazing thing, church? that they've taken that step. And for many reasons, they might not have wanted to do that, but they've come to know that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. Savior. Reza said that the power of Jesus impacted him. That's the difference that Jesus makes. His power comes into our lives. I also liked Emily Davis's testimony. Just say I liked all the testimonies. If I don't mention all of them, I liked them all. But I also liked Emily Davis's testimony where she expressed that she was brought up in a Christian household, but she recently gave her life to Jesus because she wants to pursue him for herself. You know, the difference that Jesus makes isn't just, it doesn't always have to be like an amazing transformation story, but it can be as simple and as powerful and as beautiful of saying, I understand that Jesus isn't about religion. But it's about a relationship to a Lord who has died for me, yeah? That is just as powerful and just as relevant, and it was great to see that. You see, the difference that Jesus makes is so varied in different situations. You know, even in my own life, I can testify, too, of the power of Jesus making a difference. Honestly, I do not, as I said earlier, as I prayed, I do not know where I would be without Jesus today, and I don't actually want to know. You know, 15 years ago, I I was living for me, for my own selfish reasons. 15 years ago, I had a good career. Things were going okay. I had no room for Jesus. I would have said, you know what? I don't need Jesus. Why do I need Jesus? I've got it all going on here. I'm all good. And I live by this idea, you work hard, you play hard. You work hard. You know, you work hard. You, you, You do what you need to do. Work hard. So I live for these temporary things. I'd work in the week, but then on the weekend, I couldn't wait to go to the pub and get drunk. 
Yeah? I'd work hard in the week. I'd live for the temporary. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, where's the pub? Friday. Come on. That's the way I lived. I lived for these temporary thrills. And I would do it all over again, again and again and again. You see, my church was a pub or a club. And Sunday was hangover day. That's just the reality of it. Sunday, you know, back then, I would never have made the six. That's the truth. I would do whatever I wanted to do. I was living for myself. In fact, if you want a little snapshot of what um, my life was like back then, you know, Facebook is really unforgiving, isn't it? (laughs) And um, I found this picture of me on Facebook from about 15, 20 years ago. Here it is. Oh, gosh. Just so you know, it's not a real tattoo. In case you're wondering, how did he get rid of that? You know, Facebook has a good memory. When you scroll through it, isn't it amazing how things from the past can come up? Now, hear me right. I am not, we can get that off now, come on. I am not saying today that it's, that it's not good to, it's, it, that you can't go out and have fun that you can't go out and have a drink, go to a pub if you want to. I'm not saying that. Please, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you, you can't do that. But the point I'm trying to make about my life before Jesus is that my life revolved around it. You know, it was like going out, getting drunk, going, go, go, going out with the lads, all those types of things. It was like that was the only thing that I lived for. And I thought, that's it. Work hard, play hard. But I soon realized that living temporary was going to give me temporary happiness. I soon realized that living temporary or for temporary things was empty. And I quickly got down and depressed, similar to what Jasmine said, and life became really tough. You know, I might have looked like, even on that picture, that I was having a good time, but inside I was dying. Inside I was struggling. I had no purpose. My career, even at that point, was taking a nosedive. But one evening, about 10 10 years ago to this year, I was in my bedroom and I was hungover, and I just felt so low. I was going through a redundancy at work as well. And I remember just thinking, what, what, what's happened to my life? What, what is going on? What, this isn't how I'd planned it, you know? And in my desperation, I don't know why or how, I just knew I had to do something. In my desperation, I just prayed to God, and I just said, God, if you help me, I will do whatever it is you want me to do well. I said, if you just help me, I, I, I don't even know if you're hearing me right now, I will do whatever it is that you want me to do. And that evening, you know, I can't even explain it properly, I had an amazing encounter with Jesus. The Holy Spirit came into my room, and I felt like the Lord just said to me, just rest. I don't even think he was saying to me, oh, you've done bad, you've done this. He said, rest. I just had an overwhelming sense of peace that everything was going to be okay. And, you know, from that point onward, my life was transformed. Yeah. I haven't drank now for 10 years since then. Isn't that amazing? That's what God does. That's the difference that Jesus makes because Jesus came into my life. And instead of living for the temporary, I took hold of the eternal. I took hold of the one who's eternal because he said to me, Jonathan, I've got more than temporary things for you. I've got something better and bigger for you. I am better than temporary fixes because I have come so that you may have life and have it to the full and have eternal life even beyond this life. And it just completely transformed my view. Can I hear an amen to that? What God does, what Jesus does is unreal. And when I became a Christian, 
I started to live for the weekend again. But this time, I couldn't wait to get to church on a Sunday. It was no longer hangover day. I couldn't wait to worship. I couldn't wait to hear the word of God because I was just so filled with joy because of what Jesus had done. You see, this is the difference that Jesus makes. He completely transforms mindsets and how we live into a way that is more fruitful and to one that is more fulfilling. Every day was a good day because Jesus was there. And that's the difference that he makes. And I remember as well, a few months after being saved, a few months after coming to know Jesus, I made a decision to get baptized. And I remember, I can remember it now, it was here, it was down here, and the pool was there. I even remember it was Rich Williams who, um, who baptized me, which was amazing. And I remember going, I remember thinking, I, hadn't, I didn't have everything all together. I wasn't perfect. I was still trying to grow in different things and trying to still understand what does it mean to be a Christian. But I knew that Jesus had impacted my life. And so when I got in that water, I got dunked in and I came back out and I felt so alive. I knew that when it comes to being a game changer, Jesus was the game changer in my life. That he made such a difference. You see, my life wasn't perfect, but I really knew at that moment that it was the right thing to do. I got baptized anyway. I didn't have everything worked out. And you see, water baptism is such a powerful idea, isn't it? Such a powerful thing. It's so, it's so impactful when we do this because it expresses the importance of who Jesus is in our life. And it's important for us to know this as well, that water baptism is God's idea, not our idea. It's something that he has given to us and so what we're going to do now, we're going to read a portion of Scripture together. If you want to turn with me to Matthew chapter 3, and we're going to read this portion of Scripture, Scripture of Jesus' baptism, Matthew 3, verses 13 to 16. So if you want to turn there, you can, but I'll, I'll read it from the screen as well. And this is what it says. It says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the, to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? Just to say, I, I'm with John on that one. I would have been exactly the same. But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son, who brings me great joy. Wow. A really great passage of Scripture. And um, what, I, what I'm going to do in a minute, I'm going to give you four key points as to why baptism is really important and what it expresses. But the key thing for us to understand this is that when we look at baptism, Jesus has modeled something for us. Jesus has given us something to follow, which I think is something that we need to take note of. And it expresses something of what Jesus has done for us and who we are now in Christ. That we have an identity in him and baptism expresses that. It's a physical representation of what we are entering into by faith. Or another way that I like to put it is it's an outward expression of your inward confession, yeah? It's an outward confession of your inward it's an outward expression of your inward confession, meaning when you come to know Jesus, when he comes into your life, like that moment where I accepted him into my life in my bedroom, that's when I'm reborn, but baptism is me expressing outwardly what is happening in my life. 
expressing it to me, to others, and also to anyone else who might be there, even if you're at the Alan Higgs Center and people are watching, expressing it to all different people that this is my Lord and Savior and this is who I follow now. And I believe that it expresses the difference that Jesus makes or expresses why it's important in four different ways. So the first thing is this. It expresses new life in Jesus. Romans 6 verses 3 to 4 says this. He says, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And water baptism is this powerful idea where basically when you are baptized, you are burying the old life. The old life is buried and you are raised up into a new life with Christ. It's basically saying that old life that I once lived, I am no longer going to be defined by that, but I'm now committing to live a new life in him and I count that life dead. So baptism is this idea when you go under the water, you go under, and we do bring you back up just in case you're wondering, you go under, you come back up and it expresses that burying of the old life and a new life in Jesus. A really powerful idea. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. It's this expression that we are new in Christ. Secondly, I'm going to move through these points quite quickly. It expresses receiving forgiveness through Jesus. Receiving forgiveness through through Jesus. Titus 3 verse 5 says, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. You see, baptism signifies the cleansing work of Jesus on the cross. It represents that when we come to Jesus, when we accept him as Lord and Savior, his, his death on the cross, he has died for our sins, therefore our sins are washed clean. Amen? A really powerful idea that we are washed clean. We are cleansed by the blood of Jesus because he died on the cross for us. We are redeemed. We start off clean. I heard a really powerful story, a true story, of someone who used to be a gang member. And they were part of this notorious gang. It's well well known around the world. People would, would know who they are. And they are pretty scary, if you'd have heard of them, some of the things that they did. He was a gang member, but Jesus saved him. He came to faith, came to know Jesus. And uh, he got baptized, and he was about to get baptized. And as he was about to get baptized, um, just a little point to note, on his arm, he had a tattoo. And it was the tattoo of the gang that he was part of. And he was about to get baptized, he got ready, he got full immersion, whole body went underwater, came back out, and the tattoo disappeared. Amazing, yeah? Amazing. Now, 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 if you're here and you've not been baptized, and you like your tattoos, I'm not saying that this is a precedent, It was like a miracle had happened in that moment. But I think God was trying to express to that person, I make you new. I cleanse you from your past sins. I cleanse you from anything that you may think has a hold on you. My cross, the cross is more powerful than any gang. Amen? What a powerful idea. And so if you do have tattoos and you like them, don't worry. I don't believe it's going to happen if you get baptized. But just to say, what a powerful testimony of how God is just showing us that baptism represents this idea that we are cleansed from our sin. Third thing, the reason why it expresses this is because it's obedience to Jesus. Obedience to Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 28 verse 19, 
All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, it's very clear. Jesus says, baptize people. Yeah? Go make disciples and baptize them. And so for me, one of the key reasons why baptism is important, why we should do it, is obedience. Obedience. I, it's, I don't think the commission could be any clearer. You know, you, you can argue with me if you say, oh, I don't know if I'm meant to be baptized or I have to be baptized, but then I say, well, look at what Jesus says. I think we do. See, obedience will always come before my preference. Obedience will always trump any argument, I believe, because when it comes to doing what Jesus wants us to do, I want to do it. I want to please him. And the fourth thing I want to say is this. It's identifying ourselves with Jesus. Identifying ourselves with Jesus. You know, I do find it amazing that Jesus, in the passage we read where he was baptized, he lined up with other sinners to be baptized by John. I mean, I would have been exactly like John the Baptist. I would have been, Lord, please don't put this on me. Don't, don't make me do this. You know, I'd have been, look, you know, if Jesus had come up to me, he'd have said, John, I've got my name's John, so it kind of works, doesn't it? He'd have said, John, you need to, I'm like, no, Lord, please, no. You baptize me. I, have no, I, can, I can't do this. But what I find is really powerful is that Jesus was so willing to identify himself with us, that he did it to fulfill all righteousness to fulfill it. And he went even one step further by going to the cross for us, by identifying uh, himself with us, by taking our sin on himself. That's the Lord I want to have in my life. That's, that's, my, that's my Jesus. You know, he identified himself with us so much that, that he died on the cross for us so that we could have life in him. And so as he identifies himself with us, Water baptism, as a fitting and loving response to what Jesus has lovingly done for us, is a fitting response for us to identify ourselves with him. That we are baptized into Christ. We are baptized into his name, into his, into his life, death, burial, and resurrection. You know, I want to be very clear. You are baptized into Christ. Okay? Sometimes I think we have this idea, and I get it, but we have this idea, don't we? That when it comes to being a Christian, Jesus comes into my life and improves it a little. That's, that's not a bad idea, but he comes into my life and improves it a little. But I want to be very clear. Jesus isn't baptized into our life. We are baptized into his life. We take on the power of his life into our life. It's a complete transformation and we identify ourselves now in Christ. I love it when Paul says, you know, our lives are hidden in Christ. He's like hidden us under his wings. We are now found in Christ. Our identity has changed. It's a brand new life and a new identity in him. And again, I would simply say this. The fact that Jesus got baptized, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. If, he wants to get, if he's going to get baptized, I'm going to do what he does as well. I want to get baptized as well. So two more quick points I want to answer here. What is required before someone is baptized? So what is required of someone before they are baptized? And I'm simply just going to say this. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. Peter said in Acts 2.38... 
when um, he was preaching the first message after the, um, the ascension of Jesus, he told the people, repent and be baptized, every one of you, into the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. You know, repentance is literally this idea we've been talking about of new life in Christ, where we say, we literally are gonna change the direction of our life. Repentance literally means to change direction. It says, I was once living this way for myself. I was doing what I wanted to do, but now I turn this way and I'm living a life following Jesus. I'm gonna live for him. I have completely done a change in my life and I want to live for him now and live solely for him. Simple idea, but also very profound at the same time. And then believe. Believe means to believe the good news. Believe the gospel. You know, the gospel is the greatest message that's ever been given and still is, in my opinion. There's nothing that trumps it. There's nothing that, that, that comes anywhere near it. The gospel, that Jesus, the Son of God, came down to earth, lived the sinless life, was crucified, died on a cross for our sins, was buried, resurrected, and then made disciples like we here today are doing continually for 2,000 years on. That says to me that the gospel is still relevant. It says to me that the gospel still has power. You know, I want, to be, I want to be very clear. I will unashamedly preach the message of the gospel and say, if you believe the gospel, it's the greatest thing you'll ever do. It was the greatest thing that you will ever do. You know, over the years, sometimes the message of the gospel has been battered, you know, by different people. I want to say, I will gladly defend the gospel. I will defend it like Paul. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that has the ability to bring salvation. Just like we saw in those testimonies, it is the greatest thing. Now, we do need to make the gospel accessible, but we don't need to make Jesus more attractive. We need to make the gospel accessible, but you don't need to make it more attractive. It's good as it was back then, and it's still good now. We don't need to make him more attractive. Jesus has never needed a makeover. He's never needed a facelift. He's still the bright morning star. He's still the great I am. He's still the name above every name. He's still the Rose of Sharon. He is who he says he is. And he's perfect as he is. And if you believe the gospel, it's the greatest thing that you can ever do. It's the greatest gift given to mankind. So repent and believe. And believe that he's your Lord and Savior. So it's as simple as that. But I also understand, some of you might be here today, and you may have some more questions. You might be thinking, okay, yeah, you've gone through basically what baptism is, but I've heard about this, or I've been brought up in this denomination, which is all good, and I've heard this, and I've heard that, and I've, I've heard that it, this, is, this, this is baptism, or this is baptism. Well, what I'm gonna try and do for us now is try and help us to bring clarity on some of these things. So we're gonna do a bit of a Q&A, but I'll do the Q and I'll also do the A, is that okay? We'll do a bit of a Q&A, but I'll do the Q and I'll do the A. So please don't shout out anything if that's okay. So maybe to give some clarity on things. Okay, so the first thing is this. What about infant baptism? What about infant baptism? Well, generally at CLM, we encourage believe, a believer's baptism, which means that one must believe the gospel. One must know and understand what the gospel is and have an understanding of repentance before being baptized. You see, it's about a conscious choice to know what someone is doing, yeah? That's, that's what we do. That's why we believe in. So therefore, we don't baptize babies. We dedicate them, as you know. 
And anyone who was in primary school year, so from like, let's say, age four, five to age 11, we would say, generally, look, it's okay to wait. There's no harm in waiting. You can, you can wait. Now, if someone is really adamant that their child wants to be baptized, well, then the children's team will have a, will have a conversation with them and just see that they do understand. But generally, what we do say is, it's okay to wait. It's okay to wait. And what we, then for, what we therefore say is that to that end, baptism is mainly open, and I say mainly open, because there are always other cases, mainly open to people who are secondary school age, year seven and above, to whatever age of adult you want to go to. So that's what we kind of uh, model here at CLM, because we want you to know that you believe and you understand what repentance is, yeah? Now, if you were baptized as a baby somewhere else, we wouldn't argue with you if you class that as your baptism. We're not, we're not baptism hunters, yeah? We're not going around, how did you get baptized, you know? No, 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 if you are happy that you were baptized as a baby, even though you couldn't have made a conscious choice, we are not going to argue with you. We're going to let you carry on, and that's absolutely fine. However, if you were baptized as a baby, and you feel that the Holy Spirit or God is maybe speaking to you afresh, that, no, no, I want to get baptized because I want to repent and believe and make it as my choice, then we would totally support that decision, and we would say, yeah, it would be good for you to get baptized by full immersion. We would say, that's absolutely fine. You know, we had one person who got baptized a number of years ago now, and uh, they were baptized as a baby, I think one years old, and I think they were now 60. And uh, they said, you know, I, I realized that it wasn't my choice. And so they, they came and approached me and said, can I get baptized? I said, absolutely. So we baptized them because they wanted to be able to say, I repent and I believe the good news. And that was really, really great. But that was, that was their choice. That was up to them. That was what they felt was right for them. And so we were happy to support them in that. Also, we believe that baptism, water baptism, should be the full immersion of the body underwater, yeah? The full body going underwater. So that when we see Jesus being baptized, it says that he was baptized where there was a lot of water, you know, the river. You know, it doesn't seem like a river would be, would be shallow. It's going to be quite deep. And it says that his body came up out of the water, if you look at that text again. So that signifies to us that um, baptism is full immersion. The whole body goes under the water. And that's what we believe water baptism should be. And also the Greek word for baptism or to baptize is the Greek word baptizo, which means the same thing. It means to fully immerse something into a liquid, to literally fully immerse it so that it is absolutely covered in water. So that's why we do full immersion baptism. And so if you haven't had a full immersion baptism, the whole body going underwater, we would encourage you to follow Jesus' example. Because as, as I said before, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for us, amen? We want to follow in what he has done. Here's another good question. Can I get baptized a second time? I get this asked of me a few times, and generally we would say no, uh, because it's biblically, there's no basis for that. We don't see any basis for it. And I really understand it, though, when people come to me and say, you know, I want to get baptized again. I was baptized full immersion, and I did know what I was doing, but I've just kind of lost my way a little bit, and, and, and I would like to get baptized again just to, just to solidify my faith again. But I want to be very clear. If you lose your way, it doesn't invalidate your baptism. You know, if we all felt that we wanted to get baptized and we lost our way, we'd have a baptism service every day. <laughs> my, my phone would be busy, you know? That's the reality of it. And I get it, you know, hear me right here. We can be so painfully aware of our sin, can't we? That we feel that we need to do something to get right with God. But I want to remind you again, Jesus has done something. Yeah, the cross is eternal. It's not temporary. 
It's eternal. It continually, his grace is there and pulls us back in. And what we would say is, if you're feeling that way, and I might do a response for people for this today a bit in, in a moment. If you're feeling you lost your way, you know, God's grace, it is hard to believe. But that's, that's, that's what it's there for. Lean into his grace and say, Lord, um, I, I come afresh and, I, and I, I repent and I come back to you, Lord. And I remember what I did when I made that choice to be baptized. And I come again and I'm making a decision to follow you. Another question I get. Why do I need to be baptized if I'm already saved? Why do I need to be baptized if I'm already saved? You see, because I've had some people say to me, oh, uh, but if I'm saved when I accepted Jesus, what, why, why do I need to be baptized? If, if, if I'm already saved, does it make any difference? But what I would say is, where does it stop? You know, you could then say, well, I don't need to do communion, and I'm already saved. I don't need to do this. I don't need to pray because I'm already saved. You know, where does it stop? And, and, and simply as well, my, my simple answer to that anyway is obedience. Jesus did it and he tells us to do it. So again, I want to do what Jesus wants me to do. I want to obey him and I want to get baptized because he has told me to do it. Now, if you have a physical issue, can I invite the band up, please? Thank you. If you have a physical issue, which may stop you from wanting to be baptized because it could be impossible, then we understand that. And maybe we can even work something out that could work for you to be fully immersed. But if it really is an issue, we're not going to force anything. But we would say generally that we have to follow Jesus' example. We have to follow it. Obedience is key. And the, 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 last, the last question I, I'm going to try and address is, I believe in Jesus, but I just don't feel holy enough. What should I do? I believe in Jesus, but I just don't feel holy, holy enough. What should I do? You know, we can have this idea, can't we, that oh, I'm just not ready. And, and I get it. If you're not ready, if, if you don't believe Jesus is your Lord and Saviour, you're not ready. Yeah? Be very clear about that. But if he is your Lord and Saviour and you're worried, like, oh, but I don't know. What about the future? What about what could happen down the line? What, what about if I lose my way? All these things. Like, I want to encourage you, don't let that stop you. Don't let that stop you. There, there are many unknowns in the world, but, but actually, don't let that stop you. You know, the reality is, you know, someone said to me once, I'm not worthy enough to be baptized. I said, do you know what? You know what? The truth is, none of us are really worthy. But Jesus died for us anyway. He died for us anyway. He, set, he died for our sins anyway. So don't let that stop you. And I want to be clear. We don't baptize perfect people. We baptize sinners who, was found, who have found Jesus' grace. We baptize people who are on a journey of repentance. You know, that's what we do. When I got baptized all those years ago, I was far from perfect, but Jesus had come into my life and I knew I had to obey. And I wanted to do what he wanted me to do. So I took the decision to do that. And I don't know what the future was going to hold, but all I can say to that is, with the help of the Holy Spirit guiding us every day, every day let's believe that God will keep us on the right track. Let's believe that he will keep us holy, set apart for him. Because when we're saved, we are holy and set apart. And let's believe that we will walk the way of righteousness as well. Through his help. We don't do it on our own. But that we come with the right heart before him. You know, the early church, when they got baptized, I don't know if you noticed this in Acts. They believed the message, repented, and then got baptized straight away. I don't know if they cleared up all their issues with everyone by then. But their response was to get baptized because they had faith in what Jesus had done. 
I could go on with more questions, and um, you know, if you have any other questions, more technical, complicated ones, then please um, speak to Tracy. I'm only joking, Tracy. Sister, I'll be there with you. Don't worry. Now, you can come and ask me at the front if you have any more questions. But those are just some that I could think of for today. And um, as I said, as we think about a response today, as I said, we are bringing baptisms back into the building on Sunday, the 23rd of April. And we are running a special 5 p.m. baptism service here at church. And we're going to be joined by Dr. John Andrews as well which is going to be great. I believe he's going to preach a gospel message on that day. So we're going to do a special baptism service, 5 p.m. So you're more than welcome to come. And if you want to sign up for that, you can go to clmchurch.co.uk forward slash events and you can sign up for that as of now. The sign up page is now open if you know you want to get baptized. And what we'll do is we will contact you to just check in with you to check that you're all good. You can just declare your interest there. And as a response now, if you just feel stirred now and maybe you've never been baptized, I want you to be brave today. There may only be a few of us here, but that's okay, who have not been baptized. I want you to be brave today, and I don't want you to respond to me. I want you to respond to Jesus. I want you to respond in obedience to him. If you've maybe been putting this off, or you've been wondering, I don't know, I'm not sure, and you've not took that step, well, I want to encourage you today to take the step. And even before you sign up, I want you to stand before God and say, Lord, I want to be baptized. I want to take this step. I want to obey you. I haven't got everything sorted out, but I want to take this step. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to be brave to respond to Jesus. Now, not anyone else, but to Jesus. I want you to stand where you are now if you know you need to respond to this. Brilliant. Well done. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. Let's, let's, yeah, let's applaud these people. Come on. Excellent. I'm going to give a moment for any more. Anyone else need to stand? You've responded. Yeah, if you're, if you're standing with your children, you can stand with them as well if you want to. Amazing. That's so good. So, so good. Well, let me pray for you right now. Let me just pray. Lord God, I thank you so much, God, that baptism is your idea, which expresses newness of life in you, and how you have died for us, Lord, and how you, Lord, have completely transformed us through the power of your gospel. And I pray for these people who have made a stand today to say, I'm going to get baptized. I want to be baptized into your name. Lord, I pray, would you let them know that you are with them, Lord, that you're watching over them, Lord, that as they take this step, Lord, they don't need to worry. We pray, Lord, cast away any fear, any doubt in Jesus' name where there's a, a lack of freedom because they've thought or had some ideas around this, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you, Holy Spirit, would convict their hearts to give them strength. Strength to take this step and strength to know, Lord, that you are calling them at a time like this. And Lord, so we pray, Lord, over these next few weeks, Lord, as they take this step, Lord, we pray, Lord, that even as us as a church, will we stand with them in this decision that they make. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I want to just give a response for one more thing as well. Maybe you're here and you've been baptised and you felt like you've lost your way a little bit, which can happen. Maybe some things have been tough. Maybe, you know, you feel so far away from how you were when you first got baptised, but you want to rekindle that again. And as I said, we don't baptise a second time, but I want to give people a chance here to respond 
to Jesus, to just renew that sense of covenant with him, to renew that commitment that you made to follow him. And if that's you, I'm gonna ask you to be brave today and now just stand. If you know, you just need to realign your life to Jesus, just to realign afresh your life to him. Thank you, amazing, great. Great, thank you. Amazing. You need to just realign. You just want to come back afresh and recapture that moment in your heart to say, Lord, help me to get back on track. I'm going to give a few more moments. Great. I'm just going to pray again and then we'll all stand in a moment and then we're going to worship. Lord, I thank you again that, Lord, our behavior doesn't invalidate your cross. What we do sometimes and the way that we've responded at times, Lord, doesn't invalidate, Lord, what you have already done, Lord. And I just pray for these precious people who have made a stand today. Lord, I pray, Lord, they would renew covenant with you. They would know the power of your gospel afresh today. They would know, Lord, that you love them and that you are with them, Lord. And I pray for whatever things in the past have entangled them, Lord, we pray they shake it off in Jesus' name. Any, any chains that are on them, Lord, we pray, Lord, that they will walk free in the power of your gospel, remembering that they made that commitment and were baptised into your name for a reason. And I pray your grace to be sufficient for them, your grace to hold them, your grace to keep them in Jesus' name. Amen.